Welcome back to Four Down Territory. My name is Miles. I'm with my co-host Sam. We are finally in playoff season, but that does mean no more Scott Hansen on TV no. with Red Zone. How, that is the worst part of this period of the, of the season. Um, my season is definitely finished. The Broncos did not make the playoffs. Sam, uh, you've got a bye week actually with yeah, the Ravens. I've, I've got the uh, I've got wild card weekend off, but that doesn't mean I'll be <laughs> not watching those games because we've oh, got a great slate not. coming up, haven't we? It's going to be really, really good. Fully excited for that. Sam, why don't you dive in with your stat of the week this week? I've got quite a tame one this week, I'll be honest, but I think it's just two guys that need a shout-out because uh, there was only two players in the NFL this year to play 100% of defensive snaps for a team, and they both came from the same team. Of the New York Giants, we had Bobby Okereke and Xavier McKinney, the linebacker and safety pair. Uh, They both took, uh, oh, sorry, the Giants took 1,228 snaps this season, and they played every single one. That's mental. So I think it speaks a lot to... The Giants having a nice little future pairing there. You got one in, one in the linebacker core, one in your DBs. I think, you know, Wink Martindale's just gone. We saw that, found that out that yep. yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, at least they've got some players to build around. Definitely, they've got a nice spine. If they can keep Dexter Lawrence as well involved in that, yeah. in that spine for the defense, you know, that could be a, a real force to be reckoned with. Um, mine is about uh, former now. Falcons head coach Arthur Smith obviously we found out that he got fired this week Um, we are not the biggest fans of Arthur Smith I think that's the (laughs) least to say well I want to talk about his record for the last three years of head coach so in his first season in 2021 the Falcons went 7 and 10 and they had the eighth overall pick in 2022 the Falcons went 7 and 10 and had the eighth overall pick this season, the I Falcons went going. seven and ten, and have the eighth overall pick. That's why I think that's when you know it's about time to move on from your head. Consistency, <laughs> baby. <laughs> consistency is key in the NFL. It really is. Not that kind of consistency. Definitely sadly. not. I mean, when you have that offense and you're only able to produce seven wins, and you you know the weapons they've got, it's 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 just it's not fair on the rest of the NFL. Is what it feels like. No. because you're you're depriving us fans of the talent that 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 team can produce. I'll tell you what though, we look forward to what the Falcons can do next year. If they can get a great they, they draft good QB, mm-hmm. they get a great head coach hire, set up that offense with four first round picks. You know, it's gonna be, a, it's that, gonna be exciting. I mean, saying that, that's what we said at the start of this season. We did three first round picks. We were hoping so. that Desmond Ritter could have done something. Yeah, but I think this year, you know, you've got you have so there's so many different options that you can go for in the draft and that's the exciting bit I think you know if, if Jaden Daniels is there at 8 I think that's a perfect fit for them he's you know an exciting guy that can uh, roll out quite well he almost adopt the same style of offence that Arthur Smith did have of the, the zone read roll out kind of play he'd be perfect for that I think that would really suit him but you know he wouldn't be afraid to force the ball to Carl Pitts and, and Drake London when, when need be but yeah, Falcon season also over. <laughs> but we'll move on to our first game of the week, Saturday night. Uh, Sam, your Ravens lost to the Steelers 17-10 to in a meaningless game for you, but a big game for the Steelers. Um, probably the worst weather game we've seen in a long time. Yeah, I <laughs> it mean, was. Uh, it wasn't the best. Yeah, I can't remember the last time we had rain like that in Baltimore, off the top of my head. Um, it's funny, because it is a meaningless game. It doesn't make it hurt any less that we've mm. got... that. The Steelers did the double on us, uh, two wins this year, which is a bit painful as a Ravens fan. But yeah, you could tell, uh, you could kind of tell the team were just going through the motions. I think is the way that I would explain mm-hmm. that game for us. Um, at the end of the day, I th- I take it as a win that no one got injured. You know, uh, 
we had guys like Patrick Queen, Madabike playing mean and full snaps. Rashad Bateman was out there. A lot of our own linemen, Tyler Linderbaum, I think, played a half. Um, so we're just glad that they made it through okay because <laughs> yeah, we've seen that's all that Ravens in the past. Uh, you know, we didn't want to lose someone uh, in meaningless snaps. But um, one thing I did enjoy was seeing some of the younger guys, the newer guys we've got coming through, actually get to play meaningful snaps to them. Yeah, uh, They got to show off some talent. I mean, we saw Trenton Simpson. He's our... Uh, one of our new middle linebackers we drafted this year. He looked really um, good. And he did good, look good. Huge yeah. huge plays at the goal line. I thought he was really impressive. Yep, logged his first career sack as well. Um, and, you know, he's the type of guy that could end up replacing Patrick Queen next season. So it's good to see him getting a run out. Uh, Tavis Robinson, he's made some good plays for us on the D-line this year. And he got to play a bit more of a prominent role this week. And uh, Delshawn Phillips, another linebacker of ours, uh, he got his first career force fumble, which was it was so funny because obviously the entire game they were preaching. I remember the commentary were just preaching ball security. They were like, mm. it's a wet game. There's going to be fumbles happening. You've got to protect the football. And you could tell that every defender on the pitch was going, uh, trying to punch it out, rip yeah. it out, whatever they could do. And you could see it with the, uh, I think the three fumbles that the Ravens had. And, um, oh no, they had two apiece, sorry. Two fumbles for the Ravens, two for the Steelers. Uh, and it was just funny because Delshawn Phillips, the fumble that he created, it was like, uh, the first player came in to tackle the Steelers player and he came running in and it didn't look like he even wrapped up on the play it looked like he's he's purposefully gone like to wrap round his arms the Steelers player's arms to rip the ball out and he uh, ended up punching it straight out clean um, so you know great to see great to see them guys actually getting some snaps you know there are that's the future of our defence when you've got people like Patrick Queen that might not be able to get paid this off season um, but yeah I mean as much as it hurts to lose the Steelers we'll take the win in having no injuries going into the I think that's the main thing I think for the Steelers though the resurgence of Najee Harris these last yeah. couple of weeks has been amazing I mean that, that that weather really suited his game style you know proper downhill running when you're able to carry the ball 30 times a game that's that's obviously going to be a big bonus to, to any running back but he would really look like he was in rhythm um, something that he's missed basically all season uh, and we can't even say that he was doing it against backups the whole game because like I said we had our yeah. D-line we had Michael Pierce Madabike you know our D-line starters were all in there in the first half and he was still running the ball really effectively so you know if Najee you know we saw a, a horrid first half of the season really we can call it that but you know he smashed past the 1000 yard mark for the yeah. season and uh, yeah it was a big game from him I think the big uh, headline for the Steelers is that TJ Watt will be missing their playoff game. Obviously, it was a, it was a massive accomplishment for the Steelers beating the uh, the Ravens and having results go their way this weekend to s- solidify that playoff place. But they'll be doing it without TJ Watt, which is a massive blow for them. Yeah, it's going to make things a lot tougher for them. I mean, he had two sacks this week and you could just see his usual ability to just be everywhere on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, even when he's not getting sacks, he's sprinting out into the flats and making tackles. He's altering the passer, you know, it's... It's a really big loss in a game that's going to be so difficult for them as well against the Bills. I think it's that he, you know he's just lucky that isn't worse. Looking at yeah. it, I thought, oh my, you know that could be ACL yeah. potential, but thank God it's not because uh, the guy's having another Defensive Player of the Year season. If it wasn't for you know players like Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons, he'd be walking away with it right now. But yeah, yeah, uh, like I said, Steelers put up a good fight. They 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 they've done what they needed to do in a, in a tough game, um, and they'll move on to Buffalo. It's going to be a tough one. That will be a tough one for them. Right, we'll move on to our other massive playoff decider, uh, that being between the Colts and the Texans in the AFC. The Colts just miss out on playoffs. They lose to the Texans 23-19. to uh, The big headline, though, is CJ Stroud puts on an absolute playoff mastermind performance. Uh, and it proved how much they missed him You know, when he was injured this season. They 
they've somehow wrapped up the AFC South with obviously the Jags losing as well. But I mean, the Texans are flying. They look like they're a really exciting team to watch. Not to blow my own trumpet here, but who was it that said that CJ Stroud masterclass would take <laughs> you did, them to you the did playoffs? Call it, I mean, you did call it. It's not really a big call at the end of the day because we know this guy is uh, he's a player, isn't he? He yeah. really has already become one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Um, really, really impressed me this season. Uh, and just to you know set the tone with a first play of offense, seventy-five yard bomb oh. to Nico Collins. And yeah. a thing I loved is that commentary pointed it out like they had that in the works since what Thursday they knew that was the first play they were coming out with they were going to mm-hmm. take a shot um, and you know it just worked Nico Collins had himself a great game almost 200 yards receiving uh, and it's just I don't know the Texans just really impressed me I think um, taking the division uh, and now they're going to play like, the Browns in the playoffs Yeah, it's really tough that's going to be a great match I can't wait to see that game yeah. it's going to be brilliant um, play that I kind of want to ha- outline this game is actually uh, Jonathan Taylor yeah. not because of his stat line just because of one play that you made before before the uh, end of the first half um, it was a simple draw play <laughs> I think it was Christian Harris that it makes a great play blowing it up but somehow in the smallest gap John- <laughs> Jonathan Taylor makes this guy's ankles absolutely snap <laughs> and I, I, I remember watching it and like standing up going oh my god what has he just done here it was an unbelievable play it ended up being uh, you know a decent game on on the play closing in on the uh, the two minute warning um, and it, 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 when it comes to crunch time you want that guy on the field like he is an absolute game changer now I I don't get why you take a guy out that's been that dominant in that game and obviously that's what the game came down to yeah it was Tyler Goodson wasn't it, it was. the uh, third string that came in yep now this is my opinion on it, right? So Tyler Goodson, we know, is a is a good receiving. He's back. a third down back, yeah. Yeah, and he and he's done that this year, especially over the last few weeks. Um, my thought is that it was what was it, fourth and two? Fourth and three, it was like fourth and one fourth and a half. Short, it wasn't a lot, right? Yeah. And my opinion on it is when you have Goodson in the background in the background, when you have Goodson in the backfield, mm-hmm. it's a pass, right? Yeah. You know what's it's, coming. It's like eight, as you're as a defense, you're thinking right, eighty percent pass here. If you put Taylor in the backfield, you you've, you're you're stuck then, aren't exactly. you? Exactly. Because even if they pass it, Taylor's not exactly a bad receiving back. No. But the threat of him running, which he had done so well all game, is just sat there in the back of your mind. You know, you're gonna have linebackers creeping close to the line. You, you know, the defense might yeah. come out of nickel, and, yeah. and then you've got an easy mismatch. You've you've got the tight end coming up against a DB for blocking. Having Taylor in, you can easily audible the play and run the ball. This time, obviously, what it came down to, they're in nickel. You've got, you know, a receiving. You had actually the, the the receiving back on the the linebacker side, so you've got a mismatch there. I don't think the ball was a great throw. No, it wasn't. No. It really wasn't a great throw, and I think if that's in the right place, it's an easy first down. Yeah. Um, because if you look where Christian Harris actually is on the play, trying to cover it, he's nowhere near. Uh, Tyler Goodson. Uh, it's it's agonising for the Colts because it literally came down to <laughs> to yeah. that one play. Yeah, I think it's tough because, like you said, I think if executed properly, no one would have batted an eyelid at that yeah. play because, you know, the throw was there to be made and Minshew unfortunately put a bit behind him. Um, it's just my thing is is that, you know, on, on fourth and short, it's a run, it, it's a running situation, it's mm-hmm. a passing situation. You've got all these options, and you take your best player out of the game. You know, just sit Taylor in the backfield. All he has to do is be a decoy at that point. Yeah. You know, the man could. The man could have broken his leg and you'd still sub him in and have the defense. <laughs> you'd be like, well, we've got to accommodate for Jonathan <laughs> exactly. Taylor coming in. 
But, that is uh, so true. To take him out of the game entirely, I think it was a poor move by we're, Colts we're offensively. Yeah, really and, uh, yeah, it cost him the game. Cost him the season. Cost him the season. You're right. We'll move on to the other AFC South matchup, and that was between the Titans and the Jags. Probably the upset of the week, the Titans win 28-20 to in what seems to be Derek Henry's final hurrah as a Tennessee Titan. And what a way to do it. Yeah. What a way to Great go stat 19 line. 19 rushes, 153 yards, one touchdown. That's a, that's a Derek Henry stat line. You know, he's been up and down all season. We've seen some really poor performances from him this year, which, you know, we haven't really seen. Over the last few years, yeah, uh, but I mean, twelve really touchdowns impressive. on the year. Over a th- another season, over a thousand yards. He just doesn't seem to age, does he? Yeah. I mean, he's even with what I would say is the worst offensive line in football. He's able to produce them numbers. is 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 a fantastic achievement for Derek Henry. Hearing his speech at the end, it was a bit. Oh, I was like, oh, you know, it's it's not going to feel right seeing him in a different jersey. It's going to be weird. And, you know, people love to start speculating already where he's going to where go. Where do you think we'll go? Make an early prediction. <laughs> I, I, I hate to say it, but I think the Ravens could be in for him. Really? I, I, I really think he could because we've got, I think we've got Dobbins, Edwards and Justice Hill. They're either free agents next year or the year after that. Um, and, you know, we, we could have the money to spend if we've, obviously, we had a big contract on Odell. I don't think it's a running back, you know, he's not going to, He's not going to take a massive contract, I think, yeah. um, as he's uh, getting older as well. I don't know. I, I don't. I wouldn't say that he's bound to come to the Ravens. I think the Ravens will have a look at him, though, because obviously we were inquiring about trading for him mm. mid-season. Yeah, exactly. So the front office obviously like him. The team obviously like him. Uh, whether they want to pay up for him, that would be interesting to see. I'm just trying to think where I'd put him. I feel like he'll stay in the South. You know, him in, like, Dallas, I feel like, would be a real... That would really fit in. Yeah. You know, the, the Dallas have been known for downhill runners for so many years, and Tony Pollard's kind of changed the mould a bit. Um, with Tony Pollard not having the most productive season, could they move away from him and go with someone else? That's interesting. You know, that's yeah. a, that's probably one one option that I'd... They're, they're big fans I'd of Rico see. Dowdle and Deuce exactly, Warner, yeah. aren't they? So, you never know. I, the, 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 I think the point we've established here is that such a big name on the free agency market people so many teams it. that would love yeah, a running back like him it. I think he's going to be the one to watch going into next season um, as for the Titans though Ryan Tannehill uh, <laughs> a strong performance from him by his standards but I especially loved his postseason press conference <laughs> after the game he just came out and said yeah I didn't really care it was my last game <laughs> I'm just not fast uh, man didn't care what he did in that game uh, and put a really really solid performance yeah, no, he d- he did what he needs to do, which has been the Tannehill mantra, I think, for the last few years, isn't it? Yeah. Just uh, just get the team over the line. Um, I thought that interception to Cisco was going to change the game, uh, but just not enough for the Jags to bring it back. I thought um, DeAndre Hopkins had another decent performance, mm-hmm. uh, but I think you know just the Titans' defense has just proved they've got playmakers in there, and uh, that interior defensive line is 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 so strong, yeah. you know. And and the, the the Jags have got a very solid interior offensive line as well. They've got some, you know, Andrew Norwell's an absolute stud of a guard and they've got some other strong players alongside him. But the way that they're able to break through and also just eliminate the run game completely, it was, was really impressive to watch. Aziz Al-Shayer led the team in tackles again and that put him at fifth on the year, I think, in the tackle leaders. So, uh, you know, very underrated player we talked about a few weeks ago and mm-hmm. uh, another impressive game from him. On the Jag side, though, Trevor Lawrence, two interceptions, two touchdowns. Killed them. It's, it's, uh, it did kill him. It's not enough, really, for a guy who's got so much 
you know, so much hype around him, so much expectations. Uh, I think, you know, you'd like to see him, you know, they went 0-5 in his last five starts. It's while he was injured and there's always that asterisk against it, you know, everyone looks to the quarterback first. And yeah. I think that's that's one of the things that's going to really hurt him. Yeah, I, I still felt like he was watching it. He looked injured. Which is, yeah. you know, it's not ideal. He wasn't scrambling as much as he did. You know, how many attempts did he have? He probably had less than five. He's normally getting towards at least ten a game. Um, that that's kind of the start of, of of why Trevor wasn't at his best. One thing that I did like to see though is how he was getting uh, Calvin Ridley involved. You know, a guy that probably in that five game loss streak that they had was ineffective. One one guy that we actually did uh, call out for being a, one of our touchdown guys this week, and we absolutely nailed that. Uh, but yeah, Calvin Ridley had a very good game, getting over 100 yards with the touchdown. Um, I just... The, that, that five-game stretch, there's one guy that they missed, and that's Christ, Christian Kirk. I was just about to say that, it's, yeah. It, it, that kind of summed up their season. They just He didn't have that go-to guy, and I feel like the connection that he had with Kirk last season, and the way he's been able to bring that over, or brought that over to the start of this season... Missed him massively in that final stretch. Next up in the NFC North, we had the Vikings and the Lions. Uh, no playoff implications here, really. The Lions uh, could have hit up to the second seed, I believe, but it required other losses elsewhere. Um, they stayed at the three seed, which is, you know, very respectable season from them. Um, Vikings weren't going to work their way into a wild card spot. No. So... Uh, I mean, they had a 3% chance going in. It was yeah. highly, highly unlikely. And they needed so many other games to go their way. So, yeah, I mean, with the, the QB situation they had, it wasn't looking very likely at all, with Nick Mullins obviously throwing two interceptions. Um, I think the standout guy for the Vikings was obviously Justin Jefferson. Uh, one play that he made was absolutely outrageous, making one of the, the Lions DBs miss. I don't know if you saw it, but it was... You know, we spoke. I spoke about how Jonathan Taylor made some guys' ankle ankles break, but this was on par with it. Uh, the way that he was able to just catch the ball and instantly change direction on a, a guy that's been injured mo- most of the season shows yeah. how quickly or how athletic he is to to get back to full fitness and make plays like that. It's crazy, and you could see how frustrated he was, even almost having two hundred yards. Yeah. He, he, this guy just wants that team to to go leaps and bounds, and he is going to get the biggest wide receiver contract you have ever seen. It's going to be QB money at wide receiver now. It's it's crazy to see. Um, I think for the Lions, I didn't like how I know the game is close, but you surely someone can tell them right. The Cowboys are walking away with the game, or was the Cowboys the late game? Cowboys was a nine o'clock. Yeah, game. so the okay, so they kind of had to win the game, mm. but but still, I think that's still not a bad point. Why? Why don't I just don't get why they didn't bring out their starters like like well, sooner on? I was saying to uh, my brother as we were watching it, it's like even on the last series, uh, one minute left in the game, mm-hmm. they throw a quick screen right in first down, they throw a quick screen right on second down. You're like, okay, I don't know if that was for incentives though. Well, that was I, my only thinking. It, it could have been. I haven't seen anything come out about it. I did. I, I did mean to look into that because in my head I was like two kneel downs. I didn't That's know if there was some, a couple of catch bonuses there, a couple of yards bonuses that were, been. that were it, needed. You have to think it. It must have been because in my head I was like, you've just if 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 it's not for the incentives. That's two meaningless plays yeah. where you put like screens, which gets you like your linemen out out in the field. You know, what if one of them just you, you know you're talking about Penesul? Imagine mm-hmm. Penesul comes out to make a block and 
ripped his knee in half. You know, it's scary. It's not what we want to see from guys like that. I mean, um, it, it literally did happen. I mean, Sam Laporta might miss this week. Yeah. That's how that's how bad. You know, they talk about this like Dan Campbell wants to build this philosophy and what you know the attitude of players that was built with the the start of last yeah. season. You yeah. can pull guys out now. You can say, right, you've done your job. Let's let's rest up for next week. Let's prepare for who was it going to be? It was either going to be the Rams or the Packers, whoever. Yeah. Which result went went each way? But yeah, I, it's it's a it's a weird one. And, and now you're down with probably one of a top three tight end of the year for yeah. for next game is is quite worrying. Yeah, uh, I think on top of that as well, what worried me was the uh, the Lions secondary. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw two wide open deep touchdowns, one to Jefferson, one to Jordan Addison. And it was the same scenario in each one where uh, literally it wasn't really even any sort of move on the route. They just yeah. ran straight past the defender. And, you know, we're talking about they're coming up against the Rams. Puka Nakura and Cooper Cup, they will eat the line secondary alive. I'm going to make the bold prediction now. I think the Rams are going to win that game. I really believe it. Yeah, it's 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 going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. All right, let's move on to the Saints versus the Falcons. Uh, The Saints win 48 to 17, an absolute beatdown in the NFC South division. Um, that is the type of performance that I expected from Derek Carr throughout this season. With the, you know, we spoke about the strength of schedule and who is coming up against this season. You have six incompletions. You throw for 250 plus yards, whatever. Four touchdowns. I mean, that's what I expected to see from Derek Carr this season. The first note I've got on this game is I still don't know if Derek Carr is any good. Because <laughs> it's so up in the air. Every year, it's like, here's his two interception, mm-hmm. like over sub 100 yard performance. Yep. And then the next week, he comes out and he does this. I mean, yeah, he really impressed me in this game. Uh, you know, Chris Alave's touchdown uh, was incredible. The... Uh, you know, he, that was like a triple tip drill. He tipped it with one hand, he tipped it with the other hand, reeled it in, got it in the back corner of the end zone. Um, I was really impressed with the Saints, the way they spread the ball out. I mean, they had six different receivers with at least three receptions. Everyone was getting involved. It was good to see Taysom Hill getting his share of carries and receptions. Uh, obviously, I think the highlight of this game, which we'll have to go over, is the uh, one of the final plays. Uh, I think that's the main talking point. Yeah, the, it's very much the main talking point. I mean, we had... Obviously, Honey Badger had the pick, which should have been a pick six. I don't know what he was yeah. doing. He took his foot off the gas. He got caught up from behind. That was uh, really poor. From a guy like that with so much experience, I can't believe he didn't take that in for six. But obviously, they get down to the one-yard line, uh, and Dennis Allen calls victory formation for the kneel. <laughs> Next thing you know, famous Jameis is uh, handing it off to Jamal Williams for his first touchdown of the year. What's your view on it? We did have a little chat about it last we night, did. but I want you to say it on here. What's your view it's, on it? It's tough. Uh, in my head, I I can appreciate them wanting to get Jamal Williams' touchdown. You know, for a guy who, what, led the league in rushing touchdowns last year uh, and only managed to get one this year. You know, it's it, it, it's obviously better in that form. But, you know, if you want to get him a rushing touchdown, at least give the defense a chance to react to it. I think my, my opinion when it first happened was like, if you don't want to lose 48-17 don't lose 48-17 which is what a lot of people say but I saw Shannon Sharp talking about it and he made a very good point which was if you're going to run for a touchdown give the defence a chance to set up for it and what they did is they got in victory formation which says don't worry guys we're not doing anything you can relax yeah and then they have to offer an easy touchdown I I, I just think it's a scumbag move you know the game's won I don't there's the player had no incentive to for the touchdown I don't care if it's the first one of the season he got no bonus from just getting one Yeah. Um, like you said the defence is not prepared for that 
you've already put up what was it 41 points 41 at the time point, why yeah. would you you know it's kind of a common rule you look at the broncos dolphins game at the start of the year dolphins had a chance to break records with it's a field goal they were in field goal range they could have easily kicked the field goal to set the record but they went you know what <laughs> we'll 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 let off the beat down here and you know this it, that should be the the rule that goes throughout the nfl the fact that the saints haven't followed that i mean obviously dennis allen has followed that by yeah. calling victory but famous Jameis has, has decided otherwise that's the thing that's what's what was interesting to me is uh hearing dennis allen come out and be really really apologetic about it yeah. and saying that that's not what we're about uh i can see i think that's probably the last we'll see of Jameis on the saints potentially i yeah. wonder if that'll uh, affect his uh status with the team but yeah it's it, it it's uh it was such a weird situation and what a way to finish the season as well <sighs> arthur smith the last we've seen of him just is, uh, running over yelling at dallas yeah. Allen. <laughs> and you know what props to him for that as well yeah that's the right i'd have the same reaction get it off the chest then and rather than you know you don't want to be that guy that sweet sneaks off to the post-game presser and lets it all out there like let him know to yeah say face. it to his face yeah uh there's one thing that i do want to touch on for the falcons is this is a stat that i've just seen uh, we talk about how the Falcons never get carpets involved. <laughs> the Falcons finished first in tight end receiving yards this season, and carpets finished eleventh. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean that that just sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's it's so disappointing to see this this talented tight end that you know is meant to be generational, and he's just not getting the recognition that he deserves because of the style of plays that he's been put in. You know, you look at what he was able to do in the slot for Florida. It was so exciting to watch. I just want to see the Falcons run five wide for the for the whole of next <laughs> year and just abuse carpets down the middle. I think that would be so entertaining to watch, and especially with Drake London on the outside as well. I think that's going to be, you know, one of the the, the most exciting offenses in the NFL next season. That's one of the best stats we've had on this. I, I was going to say, I should have said, I should use that at the start. That is I? brilliant. Yeah. How how you can have? Oh, yeah. It's so frustrating, that, isn't that's, it? That's mental. <laughs> Next up, we had one of the more meaningless games of the year. The year. The it year. really that's is the really year. Harsh, I, th- I think you should keep that. <laughs> I was going to say week, but uh, you know, it was the more, one of the more meaningless games of the week. Uh, I think it's summed up best by Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, he said, when I was younger, I always wanted to play a game in the snow. And now that I've played a game in the snow, it kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I think I when think you, that only, was everyone's response you only put up three points on offense, it's going to suck. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, the two big, the, well, the big headline is that the Patriots have secured, what, the third overall pick, fourth yeah. overall pick? What is it? Third. Third overall pick now. Puts them well in the hunt for a, a QB, wide receiver, whatever they, the hell they want to do. It does feel like you know, Caleb Williams and Drake May will be gone. That puts them in prime position for Marvin Harrison Jr., which is what they've been dying for, that number one wide receiver, probably since, you know, Julian Edelman was there. So, yeah, I think that's going to be an exciting off-season for the Patriots if they can can get some talent in uh, in free free agency. I think that'll be also good. Um, Also, we've got to keep an eye on Bill Belichick. No news as yet, but what did you say? Yeah, well, they're in a meeting today, the Patriots, uh, talking about his future, I believe. So, you know, that's one. Maybe we get some breaking news later while we're recording, which will be interesting to see. Uh, on the Jets side, just quickly want to note Brees Hall, 37 carries. I, I thought if I could put capital letters on numbers, <laughs> 37 carries like, blew me away. Yeah, that's uh, a snow game. You kind of expect that yeah, numbers. Exactly. But, I mean, that's a great start. Right? yards, one touchdown. Uh, and then the, just the Jets defense. I mean, seven sacks, two picks. They only allowed 119 yards. Uh, the Patriots were 1 of 14 on third down and 0 for 3 on fourth down. They only got six first downs all game. So, 
you know, a snow game is always going to make it hard to work on offense, and that Jets defense just made it even tougher. We'll move straight into another. Well, it had a bit of meaning to it because the Bucks needed to to solidify their their division title, but the Bucks beat the Panthers nine uh, nil. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not the most exciting game in the world. Uh, not the the game that we've seen Baker Mayfield put up all season. Uh, we've kind of been very impressed with the way that Baker's come back this year. You know, put up what is arguably a comeback player of the year season. Um, I just want to know what type of contract you'd give Baker next year. Would you, or let's say, would you re-sign him? Would you give him that long-term deal? Would you give him the, like the one-year re-sign, do it again deal? Or would you move on from him? I think if I was Baker and Buck said, right, we need one more year to prove it, yeah. I'd be offended by I, that. Yeah, tell him to jog on. Yeah, I'd, I'd be thinking, well, I'm happy to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you can tell he likes it, the Bucks. He's got a good relationship with that team now. Uh, I think they don't need to go crazy. I don't think he's earned a massive contract, but I, I would expect maybe a two, three-year deal would be understandable. I'd say, yeah, like a two-year deal, $25 million a year, I think yeah. is the right kind of value I'd expect to see from him. You know, he's not your $40, 50000000 million quarterback, yeah. let's be real, but, you know, a Geno Smith kind of deal, you know, the $30 exactly, million yeah. kind of kind of range, I think is perfect for Baker, and I, I really expect the Bucks to offer him that. Um, like you said, nothing more than three years, I think, is a respectable deal for them. Um, but, you know, th- what was that? Three uh, NFC South titles in a row now for the Bucks, obviously, with the, with the Brady seasons behind them. Um, that, that's what you expect to see with in the, in that weaker division. Uh, always challenging for, for the title. I think that's that's what you expect to see. But the Panthers having another shutout this season. Well... That's two weeks straight with a shutout, isn't it? Is that it? the first? That's got to be a wreck, some sort so of wreck. So it did pop up, I think. Uh, it wouldn't be until like, since like the 50s said, or something. Yeah, during the game it said the first back-to-back week shutout for a long time. Yeah. But I, I was going to, obviously I made the point last week that they hadn't had a shutout since 2005 and now they've had it tw- uh, twice in back-to-back That's games. That's a killer. Which is tough, uh, really tough for them. All right, let's move on to the Bengals beating the Cleveland Browns in what was kind of an expected result when the uh, the Browns announced that they were benching basically every offensive starter. Um, I think that's kind of what, you, like you said, what you expect to see. The the, the Bengals put up a, a, a solid performance uh, beating the second-string Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I described the Ravens game as like those players just going through the motions. I think it's the same for the Browns. Yeah. You know, uh, you want to. This is basically their bye week, isn't it? Going into the playoffs, this is huge for them. The Texans had to have a shootout with the Colts, mm-hmm. and uh, the Browns get to sit a lot of players and get ready for next week. So, you know, I take it as a success for the Browns, really. Um, uh, the Bengals, it was a nice way for them to finish their season, you know, uh, get some get a good performance out of Joe Mixon. I was going to say, we haven't seen much of Joe Mixon this season. He's kind of had yeah. quite a quiet season behind. Well, we expected him to be like the highlight of that offense with Joe Burrow going down. He kind of hasn't had that massive performance, but it's nice to see him put up 100 yards this week. Final note on that game, though, because uh, there wasn't too much to talk about, but I thought it was worth noting that Jeff Driscoll became the fifth QB to start for the Browns this year. Uh, that is a record that now will never be touched. I was say, it must have been a <laughs> it was, wild... It was a re- well, uh, that was my stat of the week last week, wasn't it? It was uh, Cleveland Browns the first team ever with four starting quarterbacks to make the playoffs That's now right. with five starting quarterbacks to make the playoffs is impressive <laughs> next up we have uh, what I regarded as one of the best games of the week this is one I was really looking forward to and I, I uh, got to watch a 
good bunch of. It was the Bears versus the Packers at Lambeau Field. Uh, Packers needed to win to get secure that seventh seed, and they did. Uh, Jordan Love put himself a lovely performance in, like we've seen throughout the season. Uh, 316 yards with two touchdowns. Aaron Jones continued to perform. He's been on a bit of a streak as of late. He had another 100-yard game. Uh, but it's just the receivers that are impressive me. It's Jaden Reed putting up a 100-yard game. Uh, Bo Melton, who I talked about last week, who they signed off the practice squad, he was their um, second-leading receiver with 62 yards. Dontavian Wicks, also he impressed with the two-touchdown performance. I mean, coming into the year, it was all about Christian Watson, wasn't it? And, uh, you know, he's mm-hmm. sort of like injuries. He's been inactive quite a bunch. This Packers receiver core uh, seems to be on a bit of a roll right now. It absolutely does. I, I really believe the numbers don't do this game justice. You know, you yeah. look at 17-9, you go, God, that's not the most exciting game ever. This game was really good to watch. Uh, and I think this game just summed up how Jordan Love's season has gone in general you know it hasn't been the most flawless season but it's certainly been an exciting season to watch for him you know you're only putting up two touchdowns in the game but you expect to you know the field goals to follow at least get your team in the right position there unfortunately that hasn't happened this game um, which I'm sure they'll they'll give the Cowboys a good run for their money next week that's going to be a really good game to watch yeah I think I'm very excited to see that one because I think that could that's the type of game where we could see our first ever seven seed mm-hmm. uh, win the, in the wild card round. My problem is is that when you have your offense playing this well, with only seventeen points to show for it, it's that's where it's a problem because it's not even like they had turnovers. I mean, they had one fumble all game, no picks, one penalty against them. I mean, there's only two penalties in the whole game. It's just everything in the box score says this is a great offensive display. I mean. When you put up over 400 yards of total offense, you expect to come away with more than 17 points. All right, next up, we have the Commanders losing to the Cowboys 38-10. to The Cowboys getting uh, the job done and what needed to be their win to solidify the division. Yeah, I mean, I thought the Commanders were going to make it an interesting game, to be honest. But, you know, 17 points unanswered in the second half from the Cowboys. They just walked away with it. Dak put in his usual performance. We've seen a lot of these like MVP-style games yep. from him. 279 yards, four touchdowns. He did throw the pick, but only five incompletions is incredible. Uh, Tony Pollard got in on the action, 70 yards and the touchdown. C.D. Lamb finishes off what, what was a career year from him. 13 receptions, 98 yards and two touchdowns. You know, Cowboys offense just blew the commanders away. On their side of the offense, Sam Howell got the game, two interceptions, you know, it's really looking it's like... It's now we, just bad game, bad game, bad yeah, game, it's, it really It's is. a shame, it really is a shame, but I think we can expect the we expect the Washington Commanders to probably go QB with their draft. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, if Caleb, Caleb Williams isn't picked one, it'll be him. If not, it's definitely Drake May. They're going to have two North Carolina quarterbacks in that uh, in that QB yeah. room. It's going to be quite exciting to to see how Sam Howell responds to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a bit surprised how long the Cowboys kept their starters in. I thought they'd take them out a lot earlier. The game was kind of wrapped up and done with early on. Um, but that that kind of caught me off guard a bit. But you know, did what they needed to do, got the job done, and they're looking forward to to playing the Packers next week. Then we have the uh, Broncos versus the Raiders. The Broncos lost 14-27, to and this was probably the most boring Broncos game of the season. Uh, <laughs> there, nothing really happened here. We, you know, Jared Stittum didn't light the field on fire. It wasn't a fantastic performance. Um, the run game has just been a letdown for the Broncos the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I was really impressed with Aiden O'Connell. I thought he was fantastic to watch, and, and the way that Zemir Wright's White is running the ball, I think that's another standout point that that needs to be raised with this with this Raiders team. Um, but 
you know, like we said, it's going to be an exciting offense for the Broncos just to see what they do at QB. Uh, Sean Payton's had a chat with Russell Wilson. I assume they'll move on from Russell Wilson. Uh, but yeah, we, we just got to see what happens there. You make a really good point with Zemir White because Josh Jacobs is a free agent next year, isn't mm-hmm. he? And, you know, the whole running back contract saga all revolves around the idea that if you can get the same production from a cheaper guy, why don't you? And if Zemir White is putting up these numbers, you know, are they going to pay Josh Jacobs? I don't think they will. I think Josh Jacobs starts with a new team next year. I would I would also agree with that. But, you know, Zemir White's put up 50 yards in the, the four games that he started. And in two games, he's gone over 100. That's elite running back numbers. You'd be happy with that wherever you play in the league. So, yeah. you know, if Zemir White can continue that next season, he's got himself a starting job. Then we move on to the Giants beating the Eagles. Uh quite a surprising result into what we'd expect at the start of the season but the way the Eagles have been playing recently this was kind of we kind of saw this coming for a while yeah I mean they've lost five of their last six now I think Mm -hmm. haven't they They they're the only team in NFL history sorry scratch out the second team in NFL history uh, to finish with less than 12 wins after starting the season 10 and 1 crazy Uh, they joined the Jets with that didn't they Mm -hmm. so um, you know I, I think you know, you could see it early in the season. They were kind of scraping their way through some games and you could feel that there was something, you know, about this uh, about this Eagles team that just they weren't quite as put together as they were last year. But, you know, the Giants just blew them out of the water. I thought uh, Saquon had himself a good game. Tyrod Taylor was throwing the ball well. Um, and, you know, the Eagles, as soon as we saw AJ Brown go down, we saw Jalen Hurts get his finger mashed up, I think. You know, they, they pulled their starters quickly, they yeah, did, the and Eagles. A smart decision. Yeah, I completely agree. Espe- you know, like you said with Jalen Hurts' finger, that's worrying for next week yeah. against the Bucks. But, you know, get them all out. You know, I don't even think Devonta Smith had a catch the whole game. Uh, and, uh, and and Swift barely played at all. And I think that that's just, you. that's what you want to see when you're going into a playoff game. It, you know, you kind of know that the Cowboys are, are going to beat the Commanders. You know you're going to have to go on the road next week. Let's rest up and be fully prepared for next week's game. All right, let's move on to probably the closest game of the week, the Seahawks scraping out a win over the Cardinals, 21-20, to which solidifies the Cardinals with the fourth overall pick, meaning they'll be in with a shot of maybe uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. They did come out and say that they're, they're expected to address wide receiver in free agency. Um, who do you expect them to get is going to be my question. I, it, It's tough, I think. I, I can't see them going QB. I don't know. I mean... they'd have to do something about Kyler's contract if they do want to go QB uh, unless you know it's one of those situations where you draft such a high QB but then you know you give him a year we saw it work out so well with Jordan Love obviously he didn't go quite as high but um, you know he's in his third year in the league and he's only now just a starter so maybe they take that sort of approach where you ease someone in Uh, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the uh, you know the ideal scenario for them but you know, if as the fourth, it's going to be tough. Yeah, uh, I, it's it's going to be anno- it's annoying having the Patriots just above them, and the fact that they could easily take Marvin Harrison away from them is going to be quite frustrating. Uh, in regards to free agency, I think you know going for a guy like T Higgins, who is going to be a free agent this season, would be you know th- he's the guy that you'd want to yeah. go out and get. They need that number one receiver. Um, I do still expect them to go wide receiver in the draft. Even there's, there's no real standout you know, defensive player. We thought Cool Ava Kinstry would be a top 10 pick. He's kind of fallen now. There isn't a standout guy that they're probably going to go for there. Um, they do have a ton of picks, the Cardinals. I think that's one thing that needs to be said. They've got, obviously got a big trade with the 
they made loads of trades at draft day last last season, so they, they they've got they've got room to work with. They could easily go get a guy on you know maybe in a contract year, like what they did with um, uh, Hollywood Brown. Yeah, you know, sp- you know, splash a bit of cash and go and go get a guy that's in a contract year and do what the Eagles did with with AJ Brown, what they did with Hollywood Brown, uh, and and get a guy that they they want to 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 highlight their wide receiver core for the rest of well for the next four or five years. I think this game highlighted what I think is both the beauty of and uh, one of the worst parts of the NFL. Uh, it's almost funny. I mean, we have our, our friend Mike, who's a Cardinals fan. His reaction to the Matt Prater field goal attempt <laughs> was, he's missed it. Yes! I wish <laughs> you know, I could have How often do reaction. you celebrate I your own team missing a field goal? Yeah. Uh, and obviously, he knew it secured them that number four overall it was pick. The, I mean, they could have gone up to like the seventh pick or something. Yeah. It would have been a, a crazy gap. But it shows how desperate <laughs> Cardinals fans are to, to have a, a chance at one of them top picks. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the Rams against the 49ers. The Rams actually won 21-20 to in another close game this week. Um, this caught me off guard. I really thought that the 49ers would walk away this, with this one. And they did start off that way, going, what was it, 20-7 to up. And then this, this, this Rams team came back. Carson Wentz put up an absolute storm of a game uh, late on. I couldn't actually believe that. Uh, the, the, I think the main, the main thing that he did was get Hukunakura his bonus and the records and, and whatever he had in his contract that he needed to do. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that, that's the one thing the Rams fans were hoping for, wasn't it? Most reption... Receptions. Receptions. Most receptions and most receiving yards for a rookie. Uh, I enjoyed Sean McVay's reaction of the second it happened. Get him out. Get him, get him out. out. Get him out. Don't want um, that guy injured. But, I mean, I want to say shout out to the original leader for that, Bill Groman. Uh, you know, he's the original yards leader, a guy who did it in 14 games, and now they're getting 17 and they're barely breaking it's crazy. It. I mean, you know, props to Puka because obviously he had a few games. Was it the one game he missed you to? Only injury? one game, one. yeah. Only one game. Yeah. Um, so, you know... He kind of had the 16 games, which yeah. gives it sort of puts it more in line with guys like Odell mm-hmm. and uh, Chase, who set like you know put their original yeah, records like- up. But uh, you know, a guy doing it in 14 games is wild. I'd um, expect next season, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. coming in. There's some really exciting wide receivers in the first round. But, yeah. You know, we could see a record number of wide receivers go in the first round next year, and. It, this record is probably one that I wouldn't expect to last long. Although Puka's put up a fantastic, he's put up fantastic numbers this year and had a fantastic season. Um, but I'm just so glad he got it. And I did think the 49ers did a fantastic job to try and stop him. I don't know if you saw any of the highlights, but they doubled him, they tripled yeah. him almost all game, and it, it, it resulted in them having to throw screens to him at the end of the game just to make sure that he did get the yardage and the, the reception record. Next up, we have the Chiefs versus the Chargers, another game that featured a lot of backups. Uh, the Chiefs obviously opted to rest most of their starters with the third seed wrapped up. Uh, means that we got to see guys like Miko Hardman feature more. Uh, Michael P. Ryan in the backfield for them. He put together a good game. And uh, Blaine Gabbert take over the QB role. Uh, the Chiefs managed to edge out that one, but it was one of the more boring games of the week. It was. It was Harrison Butker versus Cameron Dicker. I think that's the yeah. best way to sum up this game. Absolute field goal matchup. Uh, nothing really happened. I think the, the the main headline is that on the last play of the game, Chris Jones got his bonus with the the the, the sack recorded. Um, which what does what does that give him? He gave him one point well, two five million was, or something. Yeah, it was at least it was like a million dollar incentive. And I thought the best part was next gen stats recorded him sprinting off the field as his fourth fastest speed this season. Because <laughs> <All season. laughs> he's desperate to go and celebrate. Or was it even fourth? It might have been first. Now that That's I think crazy. about it, I, oh, it's. 
just so funny the, the it's like the fact that they had the stat running for that one because they knew they knew people were gonna love it he was he was paced as well i also it. like that he was the only starter still in pads for the whole game yeah it, like if you look on the sideline everyone's like taking their pads off they're they're like you know we're not never gonna need to get subbed in there's a great mic up version of him like Coach, I'm I'm going in. I'm I'm, I'm desperate to get in there. Um, but yeah, I I I think it's a guy that deserves it. And you've got to remember, he missed the start of uh, the start of the year with the the contract dispute. I enjoyed his interview post game where he said, "Yeah, I'm just making back the money that I lost yeah, holding exactly. out at the start of the year." <laughs> and then let's move on to the the biggest game of the week uh, to decide the AFC East title. The Bills beat the Dolphins twenty-one to fourteen. Josh Allen proved that he is once again an elite quarterback. Uh, you've got to ignore the two interceptions because he put up a fantastic stat line of only eight incompletions. And, you know, in what has been a, a run first offense for the last couple of weeks, uh, he proves he's still, there's still talent in that air raid offense. He is Brett Favre. He is. Reinvented, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. He really is. You know, that gunslinger that he's not afraid to take shots. And I think the thing is, is a lot of people were clowning him for that that end zone interception on fourth and two, mm. you know, it's fourth down. He wasn't going to run for the first. Exactly. Nothing else is open. You may as well give the guy a chance in the end zone. You know, it ended up in quite an easy interception, but you know, we've seen plays like that get converted. So I, I think it's harsh to pick out that one. It's, it's almost an arm punt at that point going for a touchback really, isn't it? So, uh, you know, I, I think we, got, we let's give him some respect because that was an incredible game from, like you said, only eight complete incompletions. Uh, it's good to see Khalil Shakir lead the line. You know, he had that big gainer. Stephon Diggs played well. Kincaid played well. But uh, shout out to Deontay Harty for the punt return touchdown. I don't know if you saw, but that uh, that return actually took him over. He had he needed to average a certain amount of uh, yards oh, per really return. Really, for his bonus. And yeah, hit his incentive oh, that's awesome. with that I did return not know touchdown. That. So I thought that was huge from him. Uh, although Tua led the league in uh, passing yards, I am starting to get a bit worried about how this or this offense has been performing. Um, I thought the first play of the game, I, I, I don't know if it, they were just trying to put out a statement uh, going for it all, but why the hell are you throwing that ball in double coverage? I know it's Tyreek Hill, I get that. But I think that just sets a pre- precedent for the game of how it's going to go. You know, you've put yourself in such a bad position that the Bills have, have gone down the field and had a good first drive then why are you giving them another chance to go put up even more points? It, I, it just doesn't quite make sense to me. So I hope, I mean, they've got a really tough game against the, the Kansas City Chiefs who were able to rest players this week. They've basically had their bye week. That game is going to be a lot harder than what they would have had if they were to beat the Bills and play the, the Steelers in the first round. All right, let's dive into our first ever Fall Down Territory playoff predictions for this week's wildcard round. We're going to start off with Saturday night, the Texans taking on the Browns in probably the closest matchup out of all of these playoff games. Uh, Sam, who are you going to go with? This is a really exciting one. And, you know, probably I think if you'd asked me in week 16, I would have told you Browns. Uh, no matter who they play against. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing was, is in my head, I was imagining it would be Browns versus Jags. And if it was Browns versus Jags, I would have picked the Browns. But because it's Browns versus the Texans, I got to back <laughs> CJ Stroud in the home crowd. You know, he's really impressed me the last few weeks. The Texans have really impressed me. And I think they're going to be absolutely fired up for this game. What happened to all this Joe Flacco love? It's, what, where's it, where's it's it still there. I still love it's Joe still Flacco there. hate the Browns. So we're going to go with the Texans. Well, I would really like to see a... Ravens Browns next round, and that's what I 
that's what I'd be really excited to see. So I am going to take the Browns here just because I want Joe Flacco to have to go to M&T Bank Stadium and have to play. It would be incredible. Against his old home team. I think that would be... That'd be fantastic to watch. So uh, just for that reason, I really want the Browns to win this one. And uh, they've got the defense to do it. And the way that offense has been moving, I think it's going to be really tough for, you know, that that Texans defense to keep up with it. Um, So I am going to take the Browns for this one. Next up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Miami Dolphins. I kind of said it in the Dolphins game. I am worried about this Dolphins offense. I I don't think it's performing to the level that it should be, especially in recent weeks. You know, they've kind of they've lost that that division title due to the way they've performed in that last couple of weeks. It is worrying, and that for that reason, I am going to take with the way that the Chiefs have have arrested everyone. That reason, I'm going to take the Chiefs with Mahomes on a basically on a bye week. He will uh, he will get the job done in Arrowhead. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Chiefs win this one. They've got playoff DNA, haven't they? They just, they know, uh, not even playoff DNA, they've got championship DNA, let's be real. And to the, um, you know, we've seen that every year, you know, they always turn it up when the playoffs uh, yeah. arrive. Uh, and like you said, the Dolphins, they just seem to be on a bit of a downward slope right now. And I think, I expect the Chiefs, I expect the Chiefs to win this one. Uh, and one thing I noticed as well, uh, this, this is kind of a nothing stat, but I'm still reading into it. <laughs> Tua's career record in games when kickoff temperature is 45 degrees Fahrenheit or colder is 0-4. It's going to be 10 degrees Fahrenheit in Kansas City Stadium. He's going to struggle. It's a bit of a nothing stat, but I was still sat there like, you know, all these injuries the Dolphins have had. I I just, I, I think it's there for the Chiefs. Next up, we've got the Bills taking on the Steelers. The Bills obviously secured home field advantage for the next two games by beating the Dolphins last week. Um, and I think that's just going to be too much for the, the Steelers to handle. We know how good uh, or how electric Bills Mafia can get in, in that, that cold weather playoff game. Uh, the Bills are used to that by now, and I, I feel like that's just going to be too much for them to handle. Yeah, Buffalo, I don't think it gets enough uh, enough respect as a home field advantage. Um I, you know, I agree. I think the Bills win this one. It's it's not often that missing a single player can alter your entire aspect uh, outlook on playoffs mm-hmm. uh, or like your playoff chances. I think seeing no TJ Watt just says to me, it's gonna be how a, are they going to keep Josh Allen's running ability in check? You know, he, he's so good at extending plays. He's so good at getting outside the pocket. You know, TJ Watt's got a motor to to stop that from happening. You know, he could shut off one whole side of the pocket. Yeah. Uh, but you know, without him, Highsmith's really got to step up, and whoever's going to be there in his absence has really got to step up. I think it's. I just can't see it happening. Yeah, I think it's going to be exciting to see how Najee Harris plays, and I think if it is a snow game, you know, we could really see Najee Harris kind of. That's a good point. You, you know, carry the Steelers a bit here and actually put up a fight for for the Steelers' offense. Um, I I just don't see them winning a game with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. I don't think it's going to be enough for for them to push through and get the win against the Bills. Next up, we have the Cowboys taking on the Packers uh, in what has been quite a historical matchup for these wildcard games between these two teams. We've obviously had the, the Des catch or no catch yep. as it was. And then we also had the, uh, uh, what was it? Rogers. Rogers uh, with 30 seconds left. It's that, pi- it's that famous it's the picture. Photo, they're, yeah. they're really <laughs> celebrating like there isn't 36 seconds on the clock or whatever I it mean, was. If if Jordan Love can do it, it's in this fixture. It would really set the precedent of, you know, they've got that franchise guy again. Uh, it, I mean, it would be very impressive if he's able to get it done against such a stacked Cowboys defense. Uh, I just think it was, it's going to be too much. You know, the Packers have had their way uh, 
in the last two games, like we said, uh, in this matchup. But I just think uh, this will be the final time, and uh, the Cowboys will get it done. Yeah, I, I, I think out of this matchup and the Bills Steelers matchup, this is the one that the seven seed wins. I think, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm going to pick the Cowboys as well. You know, they're so good at home. Uh, that Packers defense has been very suspect at times this season, hasn't it? We've seen a lot of points where they just haven't, you know, they they just haven't closed out games for Green Bay, and they've been the games that they've been losing. And I think against this Cowboys offense, you know, it's going to take a, a real masterclass from Jair Alexander. I think he's really got to play a good game against C.D. Lamb. Uh, but outside of that, I think the Cowboys offense just has too much for Green Bay. So yeah, I think Cowboys win this one. Next up, we have the Lions versus the Rams, and this is going to be my wild card match of the week. I think this is going to be the most exciting game, mainly because Matthew Stafford is coming back to Detroit to play a playoff game in which he he only did he only had one playoff game as the Detroit quarterback, but that was away at Dallas, and that was the only time he was able to do it. This time, it'll be Detroit's first home playoff game in so many years, and Matthew Stafford's <laughs> first trip to the playoffs. Uh, in Detroit <laughs> is probably the best yeah. way to phrase it. <laughs> I mean, my thing with this matchup is there's so much history behind it, but everyone's talking about it's Matt Stafford's return to Detroit. Let's not forget that this is Goff's time to show the Rams. You know, you you thought you had to replace me. This is this is what I can do. Jared Goff he just wants to. He was out to prove himself. I think. Uh, despite that, though, I think the Rams win this one. I think they come into town with the upset. I think, you know. I made the point earlier about the Lions secondary. I I do think this Rams offense is really going to cause some problems for the Lions uh, and put it into sort of shootout territory. I think this will be a quality game. I could see at least 30 points scored from each team. Absolutely. And for that reason, I've spoken about their offense all season. And this could be either team because I have spoken about yeah. both both teams' offenses. Uh, I am going to pick the the LA Rams to win this one. I really feel like it's just going to be too much to handle, and I am scared that you know the Detroit Lions have lost uh, or might have lost uh, Sam Laporte for this game. Uh, I just think if Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup get going, that offense is going to be too too much to stop. We spoke about it earlier on uh, with the the Detroit Lions uh, secondary, uh, a bit suspect, especially against a Minnesota team with a backup or a third string quarterback. Um, I just think once Matthew Stafford gets in rhythm, you know they're going to be really tough to stop. And I could see the Rams making a really good run in this year's playoffs. So I'm going to take the LA Rams. And the final wildcard matchup has probably one of the, well, quite an exciting one actually, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Philadelphia Eagles in Tampa. Um, with the way the Eagles have been performing recently, this is going to be an exciting matchup. Yeah, the Eagles seem to on a bit of a downward spiral, but you know, the Bucks haven't been great the last few weeks either. I mean, they lost to the Saints, they barely beat the Panthers, Baker looks somewhat injured as well. So, uh, you know, this is, could be a tight one. Um, you could see it going either way. I am going to go with the Buccaneers, though. I think that Jalen Hurts, I, we, you know, it, we st- still have to wait and see what happens with his finger. You know, it was on his throwing hand, wasn't it? So if it's going to affect his throwing at all, that's, you know, at, at, at that point, I don't think it's Mariota coming in to win them a playoff game. So I think the Bucks just have enough to take this one. I am going to go different. I am going to take the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Bucks. Uh, I just feel like... If this if this team is serious, they they'll turn up in the playoffs, um, and there'll be too much for the for the Bucks to handle. We we've seen at the start of the year what the Eagles can do, um, and if they can get back to that, I really do think they'll be fine. You know, we saw a lot them rest a lot of guys last week, and I think that will benefit them massively. So yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles here. 
And that wraps it up for the regular season of the first season of Four Down Territory. Uh, it's been a blast. Uh, that was the last Broncos game that we we're going to cover for a while for me <laughs> and for many of the teams out there uh, who haven't made the playoffs. But we have got an exciting playoff schedule ahead and I'm buzzing for it. I cannot wait for playoff football to start. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, we will catch you in next week's episode in the first playoff episode for uh, Four Down Territory, which is going to be exciting. Uh, make sure you follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We also have TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, anything you can think of, we've got it somehow. (laughs) So make sure you follow us on there and we'll see you in the next one. See you next week.